Jesus said he makes his sun to rise on the evil and on the good. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. He loads up benefits for us each and every single solitary day. Our God is a giver. He's a giving God. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. If God has your wallet, He probably has your heart. Hi and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire and thanks for joining us this time. Today we're wrapping up our series on first things with the message, What Happens When You Give. You know what many don't realize is that Jesus talked about money a lot. And as with everything else, He encouraged us to serve God above all, not money. In today's message, we're going to learn that there's nothing wrong with money so long as the money does not hold first place in your life. And let me assure you, this is not a message with an agenda. I'm not communicating this to extract more of your hard-earned dollars. In fact, you might find this message to be surprisingly liberating and a breath of fresh air. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share part two of the message, What Happens When You Give. I've often thought to myself, because I love God's creation, I really do love it. I am so appreciative of the creation of God. I'm amazed by it all the time. You can just look at a sparrow, just a dull sparrow, and look at the beauty of that little bird. And think God just said, be. And it was in his mind that he created this beautiful creature that flies and tweets and lives and cares for its young. I've thought of this, that the entire creation bears the mark of a giving God because the entire creation testifies that God is a giver. Jesus said this, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't store away in barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. He gives to them. He takes care of them. He providentially takes care of their needs each and every day. Because God's a giver. He doesn't create them and say, go fend for yourself. You're on your own. God bless. I'm going off somewhere else. No. He every day, that's what providence means. Providence means that God providentially cares for his creation. The psalmist wrote, you open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. God's a giver. God's a giver. Oh, thank God, God is a giver. But guess what? If he takes care of the sparrow, Jesus said, if you watch him taking care of the sparrow, you can know for a fact he's going to take care of you because you're of much more value than many sparrows because you were made in the image of God. You were created in the image of God. Romans 8.32, listen to this. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variables, neither shadow of change. Jesus said he makes his sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. 
His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. He loads up benefits for us each and every single solitary day. Our God is a giver. He's a giving God. You don't have to worry if he's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of you. The greatest testimony of the giving hand of God is something that I can't comprehend. But it's found in the fact that God so loved the world. He gave his only son. He knew that nothing could redeem us but the blood of his own son. And how much of a giver is God? He caused his own son to come to the earth. His own son who was there involved in the council of the Godhead when creation happened. Let us make man. One of those three who said, let us make man, and was involved in making man, had also already agreed to be our Redeemer. God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes on Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's how much God loves you. That's what a giver God is. I couldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. I don't understand love like that. That kind of love goes beyond my ability to wrap my mind around it. But I know it's true because the Bible says it's true. He so loved us. He gave Jesus. So say with me, he's a giving God. And here's a life-changing truth. When you were knitted by God in your mother's womb, and you were, when you were knitted by God in your mother's womb, being formed in the image of God, you were wired, hardwired for generosity. Because that's part of the nature of God. God's generous nature is imprinted on your soul. I was in a food line this week at Kroger. Have you ever noticed there's not a basket in those stores that goes straight? <laughs> I've wondered, what is it? Are these women involved in roller derbies? Do they get, are they crashing into each other? Because I can't find a cart that goes straight. They all take me in circles and I have to keep the thing on track. So I've got to where I pull, you know, five or six of them out to make sure this one goes straight. It's a mystery to me, like socks that get lost in the dryer. How are all these carts going crooked? If you find out, you let me know. But I'm in line. And right in front of me is this little woman in a wheelchair. And she's in a wheelchair, and she's older. She's in her 70s or 80s, and her little hands are shaking. And she has gone through the whole store. I saw her when I was shopping. She was just driving around that little wheelchair, picking things up off the shelf. There were a couple of times I had to wait on her and go around her. And so I knew who she was, and I ended up right behind her. And I noticed her little hands were trembling. And the woman gave her the price, and she put a card into the little slot there, the chip, to pay for it. And so she's sitting there waiting. And then the woman said, I'm sorry, but it rejected your card. So I'm sitting there thinking, wow. And my heart goes out to her. And something happened inside of me. And, and I saw her reach for another card, and I made a deal with God. I told God, if this one doesn't work, I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to pay for it. I'm just going to lean forward, and I'm going to tell her, hey, listen, God told me to pay for it. I already had it in my mind what I was going to do. She pulled out her second car, and she slipped it in. And we're all sitting there waiting, and it accepted it. And I was so disappointed because I was ready. I had my wallet in my hand. I was ready to lean down and say, sweetie, listen, I'll be glad to pay for your groceries. That's okay. Jesus told me, and I didn't get to do it. Now, why did that matter to me? Because I'm hooked up to the greatest giver in the history of the world, Jesus Christ and God the Father. And I wanted to do it. I watched her wheel out. And I thought, man, I should have done it before the first card. 
But see, we are hooked up. The greatest giver in the history of the world lives inside of you. And so we resemble him when it comes to being generous. You're doing what you were created to do when you're generous. The Apostle Paul told the church, we are God's handiwork. We're on the potter's wheel each and every day. We are his project every day. We are God's handiwork created in Jesus Christ to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. God doesn't save bench warmers. Everybody in here is called to be involved in good works. And one of those works is to give to what God is doing because the generosity of the Lord flows in us. It's in our DNA. It's in our spiritual genetic makeup. You were made to give. Winston Churchill said, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. And I believe that. Now, a second giving truth is when we give, it pleases God. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. He that comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so when we give, it's an act of faith. Because there's always something else you could give it to. There's always something else you could spend it on regarding yourself. But when we give, it's an act of faith. And I see in the Bible that when we give by faith and we give generously out of a generous, God-like heart, it pleases the Lord. I know this because in Luke 21, we find Jesus watching the rich, giving money into the temple treasury. He was watching the bucket get passed in our modern-day language. He was watching the bucket get passed. He was watching how people gave. I want you to notice, Jesus was watching how people gave. And he notices after all these rich people, a poor little widow, like that woman in the wheelchair at the store, who puts in two very small copper coins. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty, she out of her poverty, she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. This was her grocery money. This was her mortgage money. This was all she had. It wasn't 10%. It was 100%. This little woman dropped it all in. And Jesus was watching. And Jesus immediately was pleased and bragged on her. Here was a little woman of little value in her time and culture. She had no man to take care of her and provide for her. In those days, a woman needed a man to live a decent life. That's just the way it was. Her small donation would hardly make a difference to most observers. In one of the other Gospels, we're told that her coins were worth what represented about six minutes of an average daily wage. If you had gone and worked six minutes in an average job in that day, that's the amount of money she had. Six minutes worth. And she dropped it all in. But her small gift caught the attention of Jesus and the Holy Spirit put her story in the Bible for you and me today. It has blessed hundreds of millions through the centuries. This little woman who had almost nothing, who was in poverty, who was not flowing in money, who was not prosperous, gave all that she had and Jesus noticed it. Now you think he took care of her the rest of her life? After he was risen from the dead, you think he watched out for that little woman? 
Now, maybe like her, you feel like your donations are insignificant because you don't make much. You might be living by paycheck to paycheck, struggling to scrape together just enough money to drop a little bit in, and you're feeling like, I don't count. I can't do much. And the devil's getting you to build a case against yourself. I wish I could do more, but I can't do much. I'm a no count. I don't make much money, but you know what? That's a lie because what you give matters greatly to Jesus. He sees it. And what he cares about more than the amount is the spirit you give it in. He cares about the spirit you give it in. It says God loves a grumpy giver. God loves a depressed giver. God loves a coerced giver. No, it says God loves a cheerful giver. He saw that this woman had great faith and she made it into the Bible. Now, a third giving truth is this. You cannot, I don't care on your best day, you cannot, it is impossible to outgive God. You cannot outgive God. Paul wrote to the Philippian church and we love the verse that says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We love that one. We name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. We love that verse. But listen, something comes before that verse because Paul writes to the Philippians and he says, I want to thank you for giving to this ministry. I want to thank you for supporting our missions work. I want to thank you for the gift that was a sweet-smelling sacrifice to me and to God. And then he says, in light of that, your generosity is going to be rewarded by my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The giving generously preceded the promise of provision. Now, I believe the Bible shows a clear connection between generosity and God's provision. But I want to balance that. I want to balance that with something that I believe is going to answer some misteaching that's out there. There's some bad teaching out there about money. There's some things that I think misrepresent money, misrepresent the Bible. And so let me give a little bit of balance to the idea that if I give, I'm going to receive from God. Okay? Here's the balance. I don't believe you have to give money to move God's hand. I'm going to say it again. I don't believe you've got to sow a seed financially to be blessed by God. Now, I'm going to balance this out, so stay with me. But I want to set some of you free because the teaching is so prevalent in our day that you've got to give something financial before God will bless you that I think it's almost become an idea that if I don't give, I'm not going to get grace or favor or healing or provision from God. And I want to tell you that's not true. You don't have to purchase a healing. You don't have to purchase an answer to prayer. You don't have to buy God's guidance over your life. You don't have to put money down for God to bless you. Listen, the Bible says, ask and you will receive, period. If you don't have a dime to your life, if you're living wrapped up in a cardboard box in downtown Fort Worth, and you don't have a roof over your head, and you pray in faith, God is going to bless you. Say with me, ask, and you will receive. Faith moves God. Faith moves God. Standing on the promises moves God. 
Let me give you something else. I don't believe that by giving you can twist the arm of God in your favor. Some people incorrectly teach this belief and they reduce God to a slot machine. Or even worse, a deity who's more interested in your money than in your holiness. Let me tell you something about the God we serve. He doesn't need our money. God doesn't sit up there in heaven and say, oh no, they didn't give what they should. Jesus, what shall we do with our ultimate plan for the world? No, God can speak and create money. God's got a mint in heaven that puts the United States treasury to shame. God doesn't need our money, but listen, we need to give. We need to give because it's God-like. It's in our nature to give. Giving is not a formula to corner God into giving you a new car. If I give this money, Lord, I'm going to trust you for that new car. So you give that money and you expect that new car. Let me tell you, that's faulty thinking. If you put money, listen, you think if you put money in the offering bucket that you're going to get that amount back or more? Can I pop your bubble today? God doesn't promise to surprise you with a forgotten rebate of double the amount in the mail this week that you put in the offering bucket. You're not going to have somebody come knocking on your door and say, hey, I had a dream and a vision to give you this money because last Sunday you put money in the offering bucket. You say, well, Jeff, you're preaching in a way that's going to lower the giving of your church. No, I'm not. Because listen, I have discovered that New Testament giving is not Old Testament mandated. New Testament giving is not mandated, it's grace-dated. A $100 contribution might not result in a $100 blessing, but here's what I can tell you for sure. When you give generously, you will be blessed in some way. You will be blessed, and you can't outgive God. He's going to bless you if you're generous. The blessing might not be financial because there's things better than money. Oh, I could start naming them. The Holy Ghost living inside of you. You can't buy that. Your salvation. You can't buy that. People being saved. You can't buy that. The peace of God. You can't buy that. Fellowship with the saints. You can't buy that. The Beatles said one thing true. Money can't buy you love. The best things in life, since the best things in life can't be bought with money, then the most important blessings from God may not be financial at all. Here's what I believe. A generous heart with the favor of God is better than great wealth without his favor. Now I want you to listen to Jesus one more time. Listen to all the wills in this verse. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaking together, make room for more, running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. You will be blessed. You will when you're generous. Kathy and I always tithed. We always did. When we had next to nothing, we tithed. And we gave to our church. We weren't church hoppers. I think we were in two churches our whole before I started senior pastoring. And we always tithed. This week, I was going through a suit, and I happened to reach into this pocket, and I pulled out a check, and I opened it, and it's one of the last things Kathy wrote, and it was a tithe check. I looked at that thing, and I thought, now that's Kathy. That's Kathy. She was a giver. Do you know that it's been six months? And when I saw that check, I said, Kathy, 
This is part of your legacy on our church. You were a giver. You were a giver. And I took that check, and man, I gave it. Amen? We never believed we would be cursed if we didn't tithe. We just believed we would miss blessing if we didn't tithe. And we also believe that 90% with God's blessing goes further than 100% without honoring God. Now, finally, we come to the church. What you are giving to God's call on turning point matters. When you give, you're not just giving to cover expenses, and we have expenses. But you help fund a part of what God is doing worldwide and what he's doing. He's using our church to see lives change constantly, constantly. Every penny given to this church is an investment in eternity because he's changing lives. Let me just read to you a couple of testimonies in closing. Here's what you're giving for. This person writes, I just wanted to say how much your teaching has encouraged me. There's been a trial I've been going through for years, and those teachings confirm for me things God has been doing in my life. What a beautiful God we serve. Here's another one. Just wanted you to know your ministry has helped to save me from me. I read that and I thought, how many times have you needed for God to save you from you? Amen? So they said, God has helped save me from me through your church. And then they write, I may have gone down the wrong path if God had not intervened through you. He's so merciful. Here's another one. In all honesty, I've never been to a church that moves me and touches me the way Turning Point does, and I can't thank you enough. And here's one more. Since I've been attending your church, my life has changed in every way. You can't buy that. You can't buy that. Well, I'll tell you, when we give freely and cheerfully of our finances, the resulting blessing of God is going to come back on us. It may not be in the form of finances, but it will be a blessing of God's choosing, which can't be anything but good. Jesus couldn't be more clear that if we keep his kingdom as the main thing in life, he will take care of our needs. You know, it's topics like these that we need to hear over and over in our walk with God. And that's why our announcer is about to share how you can obtain this rich series of messages for your own Christian library. It is sure to be a repeated inspiration down the road in times of trial, uncertainty, and need. So don't touch that dial just yet as our announcer is about to tell you how easy it is for you to obtain this series on First Things. And be sure to join me next time as I share a very important message that's going to hit you right where you live, entitled, Forgetting what lies behind. Until then, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Now you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. You will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. 
So call now, toll free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. What happens when you give is the final message of Pastor Jeff's series. First, keeping the main thing, the main thing. You can own a copy of this six CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series. First, keeping the main thing, the main thing for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.